so we know public schools are failing our black boys and girls. Private schools were not made for us. So have you considered homeschooling? Let's get into it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Jacob C. Podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. And as always, I thank you and appreciate you for joining me right here on this podcast. At whatever hour of the day you're listening to this, you could be doing anything else, but you chose to rock with your boy, Yemi Yahoo, for a few minutes right here on Jacob C. Podcast. Listen, I want you to share this with five of your friends, families, loved ones, or somebody you know. Um, like this on whatever platform you're listening to also review um, as well and subscribe 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 um, I thank all of you who continue to listen to Jacob C podcast make this podcast what it is I, I could not come here week after week um, if I knew nobody was listening um, but every time I I look at the different states and the countries of all the people who are supporting Jacob C podcast I'm just overwhelmed I'm humbled um, and I thank you guys truly from the bottom of my heart for all of your support also I want to thank everybody who has gone to the Jacob C podcast store and purchased merchandise, whether it be a hoodie, a T-shirt, a mug, a cell phone case, whatever you purchase. Um, those don't go overlooked either. Um, I don't get a lot of money from that. Uh, my purpose for that is just for you guys to uh, be able to wear some things and have some things that represent the 12 tribes, represent um our Elohim and represent his son, Yahshua, who he has sent for our salvation. So homeschooling, homeschooling, do black people homeschool? Let's get into this. So um, you can go to the stats. I don't have any stats in front of me, but I mean, they're readily available. You can go to the stats about how black kids in public school are just not meshing at the moment. I don't think we really ever have meshed well. Um, I think, honestly, our best education came from when we were segregated. I mean, that's, hey, that's just me. All right. Um, Y'all know by now I'm raw, I'm honest. I think think we had our best education when we were segregated. And some people say, oh, well, that's why we integrated, because we wanted, you know, better education. It's not that we were getting better education if we integrated. Um, It was that the, the, the books, the material, the schools, the seats, the desks, um, the, the, the outside stuff, the tangible things, um, would be better for us. But as far as teaching, as far as challenging our children, as far as the expectations, um, for our black boys and girls in public school, those are actually very, very low compared to where they were, um, before the integration of the school system. Um, because our black teachers, um, those, those men and women that challenged our children, that pushed our children to be uh, better and to be more um, back in the, 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 the late 1800s, the, the early 1900s, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, um, we saw the results of that. I mean, Dr. King came through black public school, Malcolm X, black public school, W.E.B. Du Bois, Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver, um, um, all of our, um, um, what is it? Uh, Dr. Woodson, the creator of, um, black history month, all these people would come through black public schools, all of our civil rights leaders, um, Thurgood Marshall, all of these people would come to black 
public schools. So it wasn't that the schools were horrible. It were the things, the tangible things, books, seats, desks, buildings, those kind of things. The tangible things weren't as great, but the education was good. Now we have our black boys and girls in public education and they have dumbed down the education for our children because the expectation of them, whether consciously or subconsciously, is low. Um, that's another form of systematic racism. So we're going to lower the bar for the black kids um, so that when they do get into college or when they do get into the workforce, uh, we have a lot of our kids who graduate high school who cannot read um, at even a sixth grade level, who cannot write, who cannot comprehend, um, and who can just not function in the real world. Uh, but we have these private schools and some of us do are able to take our children to private schools and um, thank the most high for that. If you're into that kind of thing, but you got to know that the private schools were not made for the African-Americans. If you look at most of your private schools, especially your most prestigious private schools and these Christian private schools, you will find that most of them were created in the 70s. Well, why is that? It's because right before that, in the 60s, they began to integrate the public schools. So the white folks, the Caucasian folks said, listen, we don't want our children learning with these black kids. So we're going to create our own thing in the name of Christian education, Christian private schools. And we're going to be able to discriminate now and keep people out who we want out and bring people in who we want in. Now, today, the the discrimination is not as blatant. It may be in test scores. It may be in um, what zip code you live in, things of that nature. Uh, but the premise is still the same. When your kids go to these schools, you understand very quickly that these teachers don't know how to deal with your children, um, that your children are picked on, your children are put off to the side, and they're treated differently because of the color of their skin. Because of that, now we have a lot of black families looking into and considering homeschooling, not just because of the racial aspect, not just because of the aspect of kids not being challenged, our black kids not being challenged. And a lot of them, check this out, a lot of our black boys and girls are very smart. But the issue is the majority of these teachers, at least where I'm at, are 20 something year old white women who are just coming out of college and they do not ha know how to deal with a child that's coming from the black experience, from the black neighborhood, right? You have that, you have that strong black mother in your life. Uh, you have that strong black father in your life. You may come from what they call the hood. And this young white lady comes from the suburbs or she just graduated from some state college somewhere. And she does not know how to handle your child, which is why your child's always in detention, which is why your child's clip is always put down to red. It's, it's why your child's always getting these these bad conduct grades. It's because they don't know how to handle them. Our children are dynamic. They're creative. We think out of the box. That's just part of our culture. That's been part of our culture from day one, um, all the way back to 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 Abraham. Right. That's just we don't we don't fit the mold. We don't fit the norm. Abraham didn't fit the norm. His norm was to his world was worshiping multiple idols. Um, his father was an idol maker. Uh, that was his job. That's kind of how they got their wealth. Uh, but Abraham uh, was out of the box and out of the norm. He went 
against the grain of his family and that and that and that type of um, thinking and 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 um, looking at the world is the same now in our blood today. We still carry the blood of our ancestors. So we don't think the same. We don't look the same. We don't uh, comprehend things the same. And education, unfortunately, has not caught up to our children's creativity. Thus, they will call them, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll diagnose them with hypertension order and then start to drug your children. Do you understand that the drugs that they give our children for ADHD is in the same classification level as crack cocaine? I'll say that again. Do you understand that the same drugs that they give our children for ADHD are classified in the same class as crack cocaine? So they're drugging your children, telling you something's wrong with them. But in reality, they don't know how to handle them. The public school system, the private school system does not know how to handle them. Now, listen, I'm not telling you to yank your kids out of public and private school and start homeschooling. There's a lot of things you need to consider before you start homeschooling. Me and my wife do not at this moment homeschool. Both of our kids, all of our kids are in public school. I myself, I'm a product of public school and I appreciate the school I went to. I appreciate the teachers that taught me. My wife is also a product of public school um, and she feels the same about her education and her teachers. Uh, we both went to uh, private universities and um Honestly, my goal now after going to college and learning what it was all about is that we can train our we can train our children unless they, you know, unless they want to grow up and, you know, cut people open or teach people or something like that. We want to develop our kids with a trade instead of just a degree so that if college is not the route that they choose to take, that will be OK. But today when I get into that college thing. We're talking about undergraduate um, lower graduate studies. So. From, from preschool all the way up to high school, have you considered homeschooling? What is it about? What does it look like? So we're about to get into it. Um, I have an article here from the Heckinger Report. Uh, the Heckinger Report is a national nonprofit newspaper that reports only on education. Um, and they wrote an article back in February of 2015. So we've been talking about this for a while. And there's actually um, some black homeschooling networking programs that um, that are at least, uh, I believe, a decade or so old as well. But we'll get into that later. Um, and that information will also be in the podcast podcast notes um, for you to get if you are considering homeschooling or you just want to know, want more information about it, because um, that's how me and my wife got into this. We started to realize that the, these these public schools, these private schools, because my, my children went to both. So they started off in private school, a private Christian school who... They, they said, well, we have this rigorous program, la, 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 and they didn't. Our kids, our kids literally came home. The homework that was supposed to be for a week, they finished it in one day. They weren't being challenged at all. So we sent them to a charter school, which is where they're at right now. Um, and they had the same thing. Oh, we're going to challenge your child, blah, 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 blah. Now they're doing a slightly better job of challenging them. But at the same time, they're not they're they're not doing it in a way that that pleases me and my wife. Um, so that's why we're thinking about homeschooling, being able to teach our kids on our own. And also uh, the benefit of homeschooling is that we can integrate things like the Torah 
into their education. We can integrate things like the history of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, the Israelites, Yahshua, uh, the scriptures, all that stuff can be integrated into their education. And also with the public schools, especially in the United States, and they're probably already doing this in Europe because they're light head, light years in front of us when it comes to being um, liberal and progressive. A lot of these schools, public schools, are starting to mandate, mandate now that LGBTQ or whatever else, homosexual literature and education be integrated into the public school system as curriculum. So now you know how we celebrate, you know, Black History Month and Hispanic Month and Women's Month and all this stuff. Pretty soon they'll be celebrating, you know, LGBTQ Month and they'll be learning about the history of that. And they'll be trying to normalize that lifestyle to our children. And obviously you can you can take your children out of those, these schools or not, but eventually it will be in all schools. Now, if you live in the southeast It'll probably take a little bit slower, probably outside of the states of like Florida. But if you're living in a Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, um, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, um, West Virginia, Virginia, things like that, it'll probably take um, Georgia. um, It'll probably take a little bit longer, but it's coming. It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we don't want to make decisions based on fear. We always want to make decisions based upon love and faith. And because I love my children and I have faith in the most high that that whatever avenue that we take, that's that's a righteous one um, that he will carry us through. Me and my wife are looking into homeschooling now, whether or not we actually go through with it. We don't know that yet. Right now, we're in the stage of gathering information and some of this information that I found. I want to share it with you because I know that a lot of you have thought about it. And if you haven't thought about it. Well, here's some information about it. So, again, this is an article from um, Heckinger Report. It says why more black parents are homeschooling their children. So I'm going to read this little first part of it um, and then I'm going to start breaking down um, some things in it because uh, it starts talking. It starts to talk about a young um, African-American boy named Marvell who goes to a pub or who went to a public school in um, San Diego, California. It says Marvell Robinson was in kindergarten, kindergarten, kindergarten. How many of y'all still say kindergarten? Obviously, I still do. I apologize. Marvell Robinson was in kindergarten when a classmate poured an ant heel on him at, at the playground. After that, um, the Gibbies became sharper. Why are you that color? One boy taunted as the, at the swing set, leaving Marvell, Marvell scared and speechless. The slow build of racial racial bullying. My goodness, let me take a sip of this water. Because as y'all always know, if y'all listen to my podcast, I got some soup coolers and my lips stick together when I don't drink water. So obviously that's what's happening because I can't read these little paragraphs. Hold on. Ah, excuse me. Let's start this over. Marvell Robinson was in kindergarten when a classmate poured an anthill on him at the playground. After that, the Gibbs became sharper. Why are you that color? One boy taunted at the swing set, leaving Marvell scared and speechless. The slow build of racial racial bullying would push his mother, Vanessa Robinson, to pull him from the public school in favor of homeschooling. 
Marvell is one of an estimated 220,000 African-American children currently being homeschooled, according to the National Home Education Research Institute. Black families have become one of the fastest growing demographics in homeschooling. So if you ever read something and it says that XYZ is the fastest growing in this, that means it's something that's brand new. It's, it's something that's starting to happen in that neighborhood or in that niche, right? Um, it says, with black students making up an estimated 10% of the homeschooling population, they make up 16% of the public school students, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. So if you think those numbers are low, uh, first of all, realize we only make up 13% of the overall population um, in the United States of America. So these numbers, although they're low, um, the actual, the statistics are low, the percentages are low, the numbers are the actual numbers are probably high. Um, it goes on to say, and while white homeschooling families traditionally cite religious or moral disagreements with public school in their decisions to homeschool, studies indicate that black families are more likely to cite the culture of low expectations for black students or dissatisfaction with how their children, especially boys, are treated in school. So I just talked about that. The low expectations that these schools have for our children um, manifest itself in ways where they dummy down things and do not challenge our children. Also, they pick on our black boys because our black boys are not engineered. The Most High did not wire a black boy or a black man, for that matter, um, to sit still for seven hours out of a day and to and to have somebody lecture them. That's not how we're wired. We have to touch things and experience things and be in the moment of things. But United States public education does not does not have a curriculum that satisfies the creativity and just the overall awesomeness of our black children. All right. Let's keep reading. It says Marvell, now seven and in the second grade, was the only black student in both his kindergarten and first grade classes. And one of only a few black students in his San Diego elementary school, according to his mother. And Robinson said Marvell's, um, Mar Marvell has a syndrome, has a, has an issue, a high-functioning form of autism that makes social interaction difficult, only added to curiosity and cruelty, with which his fellow classmates approached him. She was concerned the school wasn't doing enough about it. It, it. I just thought maybe I could do a better job myself. The problem is that our children are always treated differently. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Polite is. He is a, a Kemet teacher. And obviously, I, I, I don't agree with the Kemet people. Um, we are not from Egypt. We are from from Shem. We are from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, we are from the 12 tribes of Israel, the chosen people of, of, of Yah. Uh, but he said something he said something that was so true. And it shined light on how how our children are treated differently. It he referenced Dwayne Wade's son, um, Zaire or Zion, uh, which now identifies as a girl. So Dwayne Wade now calls his son his daughter and his son identifies as she and I believe changed his name to Zaya. Now, Polite says something very profound and very true. 
that that Dwayne Wade's son can parade around all day long as a girl if he chooses to. This nation allows those perverse things to happen. But as soon as his son, who identifies as a girl, puts his hands on a white woman, he will quickly become a black boy all over again. Because we, us, we are, especially our children, are treated extremely different from everybody else. And even if you go along with this, this white agenda of homosexuality, uh, this agenda of emasculating our black men and boys, if you cross the line and do something that is not a part of the rules, that's not a part of the agreement, you become... Uh, public enemy number one all over again. We are just treated differently. This child here, Marvell, who obviously had a disability, was not shielded nor protected by his public school like he should have been. Was it because of the color of his skin? I think that had something to do with it. Uh, so his mother said that she thinks she can do a better job at educating her child from home. Great article. Let's keep reading. They said kids will be kids. This is the school talking now. This is this is horrible. Kids will be kids. And the only solution was for Marvell to be mentored like he had done something wrong. So so the, so so our kid is our kids are getting picked on, whether it's because of color of their skin, because of their disabilities or whatever it may be. And they're monitoring our children. Like our children did something wrong. Shouldn't it be the other kids that's picking on him that need to be monitored? Shouldn't they be in detention, ISS, uh, whatever the, 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 the disciplinary uh, means that they're using today? You see how that happens? Our kids who are the victims now get treated like the perpetrators. This has been happening from day one. We see it with the police in the streets, and we also see it with the public and private school systems in this country. Our children are treated like criminals, even when they're the innocent. Man, let's, 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 uh, <laughs> let's keep going. She said, in the end, I don't think that anyone should have to monitor my kid because, other, because of other kids' behaviors. Robinson allowed Marvell to finish the first grade there, and he began second grade in September as a homeschooled student. Robinson adjusted her nursing schedule to include 12 hour shifts on the weekdays so she could take on educa educating Marvell during the week. Her husband, a sous chef at a restaurant in downtown San Diego, continues to work full time and participates in lessons when he can. While her primary motivation was giving Marvell uh, individualized attention, she was unable to separate her worries about racial bullying from the from from the decision. If he if he hadn't been bullied, I would have really looked into transferring schools or going back to where I grew up in Kansas, she said. At least in Kansas, it was more racially diverse. I assume that's how the schools would, would have been in San Diego, San Diego, but I was wrong. Joyce Burgess at the National Black Home Educators was what, has watched her membership grow exponentially. In the 15 years since it was founded, a trend also reflected in Marvell's home state of California. While Burgess National Conference in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, used to attract only 50 people, they now attract upwards of 400. She said a noteworthy number of the first the noteworthy number for the first organized organization for black homeschoolers in a sea of predominantly white organizers. Check this out. Um, I know I'm going to butcher this name. 
but Marie Jose Sorol, I, I know I'm saying that wrong, known uh, professionally as Ama Mazamama, a uh, faculty member in the Department of African American Studies at Temple University in Philadelphia, Mazamama began homeschooling her through uh, three children 12 years ago and realized quickly that there was little research on black homeschoolers. Now, something that was set up here earlier about the, the Robinson family, that she gave up um, her job or she, she had to retool her way of life. So homeschooling, you, you can't just, it has to be functional, right? Everything we do just has to be functional. So if you're thinking about homeschooling, especially if you work in a nine to five, if you're a single parent, like you can't just snatch your kid out and start homeschooling. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan because if you don't have a plan, you snatching your kid out of that school and trying to homeschool them without a plan will be far worse for them than that public school could ever be. So I think a lot of times that we make rash decisions, which is why I respect Miss Robinson and her husband, because even though her son was being bullied because of his uh, disability, because of his skin color, they didn't just immediately yank him out of school. They, they gathered information, they created a plan, and then they put that plan into action. And they also understood that they would have to give up some things in order for their children, for her children, to be able to have a good quality of life. So the question becomes, when you're thinking about homeschooling, what are you willing to give up for the quality of your child's education? Are you willing to give up something? Or are you just okay with the status quo of your child not being challenged, of your child being picked on, and as your child being either consciously or subconsciously being racially profiled in the public and private school systems? What are you willing to give up? Let's keep reading. Uh, it says, whenever there was a mention of African-American homeschoolers, it's assumed that we homeschool for the same reasons as European-American homeschoolers. This is Maza uh, uh, Mazamama speaking. But it isn't really the case, she said. Because of the unique circumstances of black people in this country, there's really a new story to be told. In a 2012 report published in the Journal of Black Studies, she surveyed black homeschooling families from around the country and found most choose to educate their children at home, at least in part, to avoid school-related racism. My goodness. Mazamama calls this rational racial protectionism and said it is a response to the inability of schools to meet the needs of black students. Did we, didn't we just talk about that? Y'all, this is not just happening in your city, in your town. This is a national epidemic. These public schools, these private schools do not have an answer for our children. But we do have an answer. We can teach our own children. Right. And, and later on, I'm going to answer the question, ask the question, I guess, is it biblical? We, 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 are, we, we want to be uh, I love the saying we want to be Judah or we want to be Hebrew. Hebrews until it's time to do some Hebrew stuff. So is it a mandate in Torah for us to teach our own children or does the most high okay us to turn our children over to the Egyptian, Babylonian, Persian, Greek, Roman systems of education? Or did he tell us to teach our own children? 
All right, we're going to look into that soon. Let's, let's get through this article, all right? She says, we have all heard that American education system, the, Amer- the, the American education system is not the best and is failing behind, falling behind in terms of international standards. But this is compounded for black children mm, who are treated as though they are not as intelligent and cannot perform as well. And therefore, the standards for them should be lower. So, again, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, these private school systems, these public school systems, their administrators and their teachers look at our black boys and our black girls and they lower the standards for them because they don't believe that they're as intelligent as the other children, as their peers in their classes. That's why you have a, a proportionate number of black boys and black girls, especially black boys in special ed classes that they don't need to be in that they don't need to be in. And parents don't get it twisted. Some of these schools are using your children to get state dollars. Did you know that these public schools get paid for every single child that's in special education? Now, some children need to be in special education. Some children are deemed a behavioral issue and they're put in special education. And a lot of those children that are deemed a, a behavior issue, their behavior is not the issue. It's the teaching style of the, of the teacher that's the issue. The student uh, more than likely is very smart, very intelligent, but he or she does not fit in this rigid box of education, this European style of education that they're trying to put on your child. So when they can't control your child like they want to, they, they peg them as a behavioral issue and stick them into um, special education for whatever class they, they are acting up in. So if it's math or edu- uh, English or whatever it may be. But, the, but in most cases, your child does not need to be in that special education course. That school is getting money for your child to be there. Your child is being used as a money bag. They're being used. How long are we going to sit by and allow these systems to continue to use our young black boys and young black girls? We've been used through our lifetime. Our parents have been used. Our grandparents have been used. When will we break this cycle of being used? Always being used. But it's crazy that those same black boys that are in the special education class and the same black boys that are a behavior problem are cheered every Friday night at the basketball game. Every Saturday, every Friday at the football game, on the baseball fields. So we're good enough to play on your athletic teams and win you state championships, our kids are, in basketball and football and in track and in baseball. But we're not good enough for you to treat us as dignified human beings in the classroom. Unfortunately, this is still going on. These are, these are things that were, 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 were fought for by the talented 10th and by the civil rights movement. But yet, as things continue to change, as the saying goes, things still stay the same. Let's keep uh, matriculating through this, through this article. It says, typically, 
the curriculum begins. African typically, uh, hold on, I'm sorry, I lost my lost my spot there. All right, uh, Mazamama said schools also rob black children of the opportunity to learn about their own culture because of a Eurocentric world history curriculum. We already know this. So not only are they robbing them of learning about their Af- their African history, they also, if you're not teaching them um, Hebrew mom, Hebrew dad, they're going to be robbed from knowing their Hebraic history. She says typically the curriculum begins African-American history with slavery and ends it with the civil rights movement. You have to listen to yourself simply being talked about as they as a descendant of slaves, which is not empowering, empowering. This is more to African-American. There's more than African-American history than that. And we know that's true. So our kids aren't even empowered because the only thing that these schools know about us as a people is that we were slaves and that and that Martin Luther King got shot. Rosa Parks sit on a sit on a bus and George Washington Carver made some peanuts. That's all they know about us. And that's all that's taught about us in these public and private school systems. Mazamama studies show that black parents who choose to homeschool often teach a comprehensive view of African history by incorporating more detailed descriptions of ancient African civilizations, uh, civilizations and accounts of successful African people throughout history. This allows children to build their sense of racial pride and self-esteem. Good Lord, that is so important. In her own studies, um, Cheryl Field Smith, an associate professor in the Department of Education Theory and Practice at the University of Georgia, has found similar motivations among black homeschoolers. The schools want little black boys to behave like little white girls. Didn't I just talk about that? I'm going to repeat this. The schools want little black boys to behave like little white girls. And that's just never going to happen. They are different, she said. I think black families who are in a position to homeschool can use homeschooling to avoid the issues of their children being labeled troublemakers. Uh oh, there it goes again. And the suggestion that their children need special education services because they learn and behave differently. So I guess I got ahead of myself there. She's saying the same thing I just said. Because these school systems, look at our kids a certain way and want them to fit in a certain box. When they don't conform to those methods, all of a sudden they're troublemakers and they need to be put in special education. When we know that's not true, we know we know our children just learn differently um, from European children of European descent. It says um, what it means to be in a position to homeschool has long been a question in the homeschooling community. According to uh, Mazamama, Regardless of race, homeschooling families tend to be wealthier and better educated because they must have the economic ability to have one parent stay home full time. That's important. We'll get back to that. Home education, she added, is not a middle class phenomenon, though both she and Field Smith say that this is the beginning to change. This is beginning to change. Mazama cites the ability for families to apply for subsidies in order to continue to receiving the um, the nutritional opportunities public schools typically provide and public programs that allow students to enroll in low cost or sport low cost or sports and physical activities to replace physical education as reasons why families are seeing homeschooling as an option. In fact, Field Smith 
is in the process of writing a book on black single homeschooling mothers because she sees more and more families of less means making the decision to sacrifice traditional career paths so that they can pull their children from school. So that's that's something I said before. What are you willing to sacrifice in order that your child can get the best education that they can get? Are you willing to be a minimalist? Are you willing to pull back? Are you willing to um, um, not buy as much things from Amazon? Are you willing to not buy those Jordans today? Um, are, you, are you willing not to spend that money on that brand new garment um, this month so that your kids don't have to be subject to this crazy educational system that we're in? Now, my, like I said before, my children are in this educational system, but we are thinking long and hard about this homeschooling situation because every day our kids come home and telling us something crazy that happened. Listen, our kids, my, my oldest child came home and she was talking to her sisters and she had mentioned the word P-U-S-S-Y. And I had to stop myself in my tracks. My, my first reaction was anger. Like, why are you using that word in my house? Where do you get that word from? I had to pull myself back, though, and realize that we, me and my wife don't talk like that in our house. So she had to have gotten that from school. So I asked her, you know, what is that word? How do you, where did you hear it from and what does it mean? She didn't know what it meant. Just one of her classmates had used the word. Um, one of her classmates were also having a conversation about apparently a boy. Now, they, they're, in, they're in elementary school. A boy who goes down on other boys. And does that make him gay? They're having these conversations. My, my, my oldest daughter's in fifth grade. They're having these conversations in fifth grade in the public schools. Number one, where are the teachers at and the monitors at to, to, to steer these conversations back into a age-appropriate kind of deal and to discuss with these children what all this stuff means? And then <clears throat> our parents. Now, they, they, go, they do go to a predominantly African-American um, elementary school, but the teachers there are predominantly white. Uh, the principal and the dean are white and most of the teachers there are white. And some of them <clears throat> picking my kid up from school. The way they communicate with some of these kids is just is crazy to me. Um, but where where are where, where's the parents in the in this equation? Right. So so all the. All the blame can't go on our education system. Yes, our children are in these schools for seven, seven hours out of a day, but then they come home. They're listening to what you're saying as a parent. They're watching what you're watching if you allow them. Uh, some of us don't even monitor our children when they're on YouTube, when, the, when, when they're on their little Game Boys, and uh, when they're on their Xboxes and on, 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 on the computer. And you believe me, some crazy conversations are going on in them headphones when they're on their Xbox and PS4s and things. You need to be monitoring those things. Crazy stuff is going on on YouTube kids that's popping up. YouTube just got sued for that. You need to be monitoring those things. Um, sit around the dinner table, turn off the electronics, talk to your children. What are they learning in school? What conversations are they having with their classmates at school? These things need to be talked about. Your kids. Now, I ain't got no business telling you how to raise your kid. Absolutely. But my goodness, your kid should not be up late at night watching Real Housewives of Atlanta with you. They should not be watching Power with you. They should not be watching whatever other show we watch with you. That have explicit words. If it's rated mature for a mature audience, your child shouldn't be watching it. 
If your child is under the age of 13, they shouldn't be watching PG-13 stuff. If they're under the age of 17, they shouldn't be watching rated R stuff. If your child is seven, they have stuff for seven-year-olds. If your child is five, they have stuff for five-year-olds. Three have stuff for three-year-olds. Yes, you have to sacrifice your time. Yes, you can't watch that documentary. Yes, sometimes you can't watch that show you want to on Netflix. And that's okay. You have children now. And they should be your priority. Now, you don't have to just stop your tracks and end your life because you have kids. But when they're present, you need to be present. They need a positive presence in their life. Because if you don't teach them, their environment will. That public school will. Another child who's getting a bad education from the public school and his or her parents will teach your child if you don't. So we as a nation need to quit relying on this. We always talk about this European system, right? We don't rely on this European system for religious education because we've, we've woken up. We've come into the truth. We've come into the way. We realize that a lot of things that we were taught were a lie. So if the things that were taught, if a lot of things that were taught to us in the church were a lie, don't you think a lot of things that were taught in that public school and the way we were treated wasn't right? So why would we want to subject our children to that? Again, Some of you may live in counties and cities and towns that have a great public and private school education for your child. If that's the case, keep them right where they're at. But if you're in a place like me, in a city, in a county, where the school is continued to fail our children time after time and continue to um, uh, disrespect the parents that are trying to have great education for their children, that, 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 that continue to treat the parents like second-class citizens when they come into the school. Uh, they try to throw their degrees in everybody's face and all this thing, trying to talk to parents and black parents in certain kind of ways. I see this. I'm sitting back and I'm, I'm witnessing all these things. Uh, if you're in that county or in that city with that kind of school, my brother, my sister, you do have an option. Homeschooling is an option for you. Have you thought about it? Have you gathered information about it? Have you started to make a plan for it? Now, again, this is this is not for everybody. And this may not be the avenue for you, but I'm just saying it's out there and it is an option. Um, let's see here. Let's continue with some more of this article because this article is good. This article is really good. I don't even know where I left off at. I got to, I got on that rant. Um, let's see here. Right here, it says Rhonda McKnight would be an um would be a um a good candidate for Field Smith's book. A single mother, as a single mother, she works about forty five hours per week as a contractor for the state of Georgia often at odd hours and during the week, so she can homeschool her eight-year-old son, Micah. It is not easy, Midnight said. It's extremely difficult to balance everything. Now, remember, this woman is a single mother now, and we know there's single fathers out there who are thinking about homeschooling as well. And while a common criticism of homeschooling is a potential lack of socialization for children, Mazamama said the growing number of homeschooling groups solve this problem. So your, your child will not be a social pariah. They will not be socially awkward. They literally have what's called homeschooling groups. So you, you teach your child at home and then it's kind of like a play date. You meet with up with that group at a museum, at a park, 
different things so that they can uh, these kids can learn together and and um, and have friends and have a, have a have have a have a social circle, right? Um, McKnight took advantage of this by joining a homeschooling collective that, in addition to providing Micah time with other children, also helps her manage her workload. The group gathers on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to do extracurricular events, hands-on learning activities that can uh, that can't easily be done in home, giving McKnight some time to herself and some time to work. Micah, who like Marvell is autistic, didn't learn well in a classroom with 25 students, and McKnight felt as though his teacher was misrepresenting symptoms of his disability as behavioral problems, there we go again, and accusing him of behavior that was not typical to him. Here we go again with these teachers um, treating our black boys and girls differently from everybody else because they don't fit into this, this, this European style of study. She said, I don't know how racially motivated it was at the time, she said, but even black teachers are taught certain things that are not even aware of. Our culture tends toward labeling our boys. So this is just not even this is the sad thing about it, y'all. Even if your child goes to a predominantly black school with predominantly black teachers, those black teachers were taught by were taught in a European system how to handle black boys and girls. So, yes, some of these black teachers will understand exactly how to handle them. Then the others will go right by the book. They will handle your children a certain way and they will look at you a certain way because they're in a certain position now. Because we know, as I always say, everybody who is skin folk ain't kin folk. All right. We ain't got to go there long. Let's move on. Um, The poor education left Micah significantly behind in several subjects, which now requires his mother to pack as much into his schedule as possible. He doesn't really get a day off. Not right now, because he's just behind. I feel like he doesn't really have time to relax, she said, explaining she wasn't aware just how behind he was until she started to homeschool him. Most devastating, she said, was when she realized her son was reading well below his expected third grade level. Now, y'all remember about 40 minutes ago when I said that there's a lot of kids right here in, 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 in my county who graduate high school who can't even read at a sixth grade level. This, this stuff is real, y'all. It's real. Uh, she said, I felt like I had totally failed him and the school had totally failed him. And the only thing I can do was work with him one-on-one to get him caught up. To get Micah back on track, McKnight has employed an original mix of purchased homeschool lesson plans and lessons she's written herself on top of what Micah learns at the collective. When Micah's home, McKnight said, the days are totally dedicated to him. They work for at least an hour on each of the core subjects, studying with the grade level that best suits him in each area. On days he returns from the collective, McKnight reads with him for two or three hours with the goal of getting him to a third grade level by the end of the year. Lessons even continue on Saturdays and Sundays. He's at his father's place every other weekend where he continues his reading schedule. And on the weekends, um, on the weekends that he's home, McKnight takes him on education field trips. Atlanta's many museums are frequent destinations. It is this ability to shape everyday activities and lessons to meet the personal needs of each child that the field Smith finds so promising about homeschooling, especially for black parents. Listen, something that that's that's awesome about um, Micah and his situation um, is that Miss McKnight not only has dedicated her life, her time to making sure that her son is where he needs to be as far as education. 
She's a single mother that also allows the father in the life of Micah. And the father also, when he has him on the weekends, is making sure that Micah's education is where it needs to be. So just because you're not a nuclear family, a mother, a father, two kids and a dog, doesn't mean that the homeschooling cannot work for you. It just means that you guys, um, mama and daddy, whether whether you're divorced or whether you just never got married, uh, have to be about the business of your child and raising up this next generation. Um, I'll put the rest of this article in the um, in the podcast notes because what I want to do, I, I want to get to the question of, um, is it our culture? Is it in the Hebrew culture um, to teach our own children? Is there a mandate in Torah from the Most High to teach our own children or did we leave it up to the Egyptian systems, the Babylonian systems, the Persian systems, the Roman systems, the Greek systems to teach our children? Let's see what Torah says. Um, and most of y'all already know where I'm going. Um, I'm going to a, uh, what, what's, what we call in the Hebraic um, form is called the Shema, which literally means to hear and to do. So it's, it's a prayer that you're, you're supposed to pray in the morning and at night with your family is found. Um, the, the crust of it is, is part of it is found in Deuteronomy chapter six, starting at verse four. Um, and another part of it is in Leviticus. And another part of it is in numbers. Uh, but I want to focus on the one in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four. Um, let me drink some water real quick. Cause my coop soup, my, 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 uh, soup coolers are getting stuck to my, my mouth once again. So, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the the Lord our God is, sorry, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Watch this now. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, Thou shalt talk of them when thou sit in thine house, and when thou walk by the way, and when thou lie down, and when thou rise up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and thou shalt be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and thy gates. So the Most High is speaking through Moses, and number one, telling Moses that, you know, we only have one God. And then he says that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your might. And we know that we're taught how to love and worship the Most High through Torah. It says, these words which I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house, and when you uh, walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you get up. So when you're in your home, you should be teaching your children about the Most High, Yah, and Torah. When you're sitting in your home, when you're on your, when you're walking by the way. So when you're walking to the marketplace back then. So for us, when you're driving, when you're whether you're taking trips or whatever it may be, when you lie down and when you get up. So he he's pretty much covering a whole day and where we should be teaching our children about the Most High, about our people, about Torah. 
Then if you fast forward to the times of the rabbis, even under the Greek and the Roman captivities. Now, did some of us, again, everybody who's skin folk and kin folk, did some of us run and rush to want to be these Greek, Greek philosophers and all this other stuff? Yes, we, according to Maccabees, we know this is true. But for us who valued our Hebraic culture, they sent their children to a house of a rabbi, which is why you see, for instance, um, people like Paul say, I was taught by Gamiel. So he went to the house of Gamiel. A lot of people say that Yahshua went to the house of Hallel. That is the, the assumption. Um, and some, some, some people went to the house of Yeshiva. Um, and whoever else of these, you know, rabbis of that time, uh, these children would be taught. They would become students of that rabbi. They would be Talmudim. That's why when Yahshua became of age to be a rabbi, he went and grabbed other young men. Right. They were young men. The oldest in the group assumed to be Peter because he was married. So he had to be 20 something. All the other ones were probably teenagers or even younger were taught under Rabbi Yahshua. All right. So we did not, as a culture, our ancestors did not outsource education to these strange nations. But while we're in captivity, wherever you are, whether it's these United States of America or somewhere else um, that's scattered to the four corners of these earth, I understand that sometimes we are put in positions where we have to outsource our education, the education to some of these public and private school systems. But one thing I would encourage you to do is I understand that you're busy. I understand we work in nine to five. Some of us work in that first, second, third shift, whatever it may be. Some of us work in two or three jobs. But if you could find the time, please, please, my brother, my sister, begin to teach your children about their history as Hebrews. And not only just their identity, but begin to teach them the Torah and not just the Torah, but begin to teach them about the prophets and about Yahshua and about the Ruach HaKadosh, the set apart spirit in which they should be living by. Because even if you cannot afford to homeschool or just homeschooling does not fit functionally with your life in this season, that's OK. We still should parcel off some time to where we're teaching our children one-on-one -on -one about their Hebraic culture, their ancestors, as well as the scriptures. Because that's what our ancestors did. It's a part of our culture, and it's a mandate in Torah. So have you thought about homeschooling? Have you collected information? Have you began to start a plan? Is homeschooling functional for your current season of life? These are all things that we have to consider when we're, we're looking at these horrible public and private school systems that are teaching our black boys and little black girls. Ultimately, we need to pray for the protection, the protection um, for our children in these schools and also that our, that our kids can can excel um, and have favor. Right. Uh, have that, that most I have grace and favor with our children in these school systems. But if you're able to homeschool, seriously look at that um, because, you know, it's better if we're teaching our own children.
instead of these um, systems um, that are controlled by these other nations. Um, I hope this blessed you. Um, I hope you um, go and look up some different things about homeschooling, knowing that it is possible for you. Um, like I said in the article, there are some subsidies and some some government things that you can take advantage of um, if you're looking toward that toward toward that way. And even if you're not looking toward that way, just uh, you might want to understand more about the school that you send in your child to. You might want to go to more of the more of the things when they invite parents and stuff. Or you might just want to pop up one day um, and look into their class. You have the right to do that as well. It's a public school. And if it's a private school, you're paying money for your child to be there. You should be able to pop up whenever you want to and peek your head into that class and see uh, what your kid is doing, how your kid is doing and what your kid is learning. Um, as always, um, I love y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all for listening. Share this with five of your friends, families and loved ones. And as always, um, seek truth, live it out, inform others. Shalom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. We ask that you subscribe, like, and review, as well as share this podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. Have you ever wondered how to be a part of the show? You can call in to the podcast voicemail at 901-300-7474. Leave your comment and question, and we will play it on the next episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. Also, if you go to our Instagram page at JacobC12 or the host page at Yermayahu15 on Instagram or Twitter and press the link, you can find ways on how to support this podcast. You don't have a social media account? That's perfectly fine. You can go to linktr.ee forward slash JacobC12 to find more ways on how to support this podcast. We thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And remember... Seek truth, live it out, and inform others. Shalom.